The reading is from Luke's Gospel, chapter 15, and beginning at verse 1. Um, and if you're more organized than me and you've picked up a church Bible, you will find it on page 1048. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who do not need to. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your heart for the lost. We ask this morning that we may know that heart for ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, do keep your Bibles open if you've got them or your phones, whatever. I do trust you, don't worry. Um, I went, I love the cinema. I love going to the cinema. And we went this week to see The Sound of Freedom. Has anyone seen that film? It's an extraordinary film, actually. I'd highly recommend it. I'm not going to tell you too much about it to break it up for you. But it's, it's, um, it's just a beautiful film. It's a true story. And it's basically um, about modern-day slavery, trafficking, and particularly child sex trafficking. And apparently now there's more slavery uh, at this moment in time than there's ever been ever before, and particularly of children. And it's a horrific thing. Now, thankfully, the film's not graphic in any way, but it tells the story of, of this policeman who finds a young boy who's been trafficked after a lot of searching, finds this young boy. Then to discover that the boy has a sister. And most of the film is about this policeman's search for this sister, this young girl who's aged about nine or ten. And he puts his life at danger. He risks everything. He's married with uh, six children. He leaves his wife and children behind to go across the world to different parts of the world to find this young girl. It is a good ending. So there's a happy ending. That's all I'm going to tell you. I hope that doesn't ruin it. But the point is, it's like Jesus and this lost sheep. It's like Jesus giving this parable about the lost sheep. And chapter 15 here in um, uh, Luke is is stark contrast. The previous chapter, which is talking about the cost of being a disciple. And it's quite heavy stuff. Yet here there's these three parables, these three stories, if you like, which Jesus tells us or tells the people there to help us understand the heart of God, the lost sheep the lost coin, and the lost son, or the prodigal son as we know it. Each are being searched for, each are lost, and yet each are found. God never stops caring or loving. His love is infinite. 
God goes out of his way to find us and to show us that he loves us. As the father does for the prodigal son, as the shepherd does for the sheep and the woman for the coin. Read the three stories if you've not read them before. The three parables are quite short. And when each of them return, when each of them are found, it's a cause for celebration. God never, ever gives up on us. And I think I've told you before, so this is actually rather distracting, but never mind, it's lovely. Well, I've never told you before, when I became a Christian, it was on a Crusader Easter camp in 1980. I know, an awfully long time ago, Charlotte, before you even thought about it. But an awfully long time, and you, Lucy, of course. An awfully long time ago, Easter 1980. And I became a Christian on that camp. Now, I subsequently went on to university, went on to do, uh, have some different choices in my life, and had slightly, I wouldn't say God was very important in my life for a number of years. And I, I, was, I was taken by some friends who I found out later had been praying for me, taken along to this church meeting in Greenwich in South London, and it was a ginormous church, huge, thousands of people there. And there was this really phenomenal speaker, and he spoke and he preached. And I sat there thinking, hang on, it's Easter 1990. It's 10 years since I made that first commitment. And a tremendous sense of sadness came over me for, for how I felt I'd let God down. And yet the gentleman speaking that night talked about the God of second chances. And for me, that was a pivotal moment in coming back to God. And God is a God of second, third, fourth, sixth, whatever chances for all of you. God wants you to be in relationship with him. He seeks you out. He loves you. And his love for you has no bounds. Luke 1, 15, it starts with Jesus there sitting with, we're told, the tax collectors and the sinners. Now, the tax collectors were those who were doing the job of the Romans on behalf of the Romans. They were, they were people within that Jewish community, but working for the Romans. They weren't very popular people. And sinners were just those who probably didn't go to synagogue every week and weren't good people in their size. So the Pharisees, who should know better, the leaders, if you like, and the teachers of the law, those who should know better, they mutter in verse 2, this man, Jesus, welcomes sinners and eats with them. Now I think they're genuinely surprised that Jesus is doing that. I think they're upset and disappointed because I would think they wanted Jesus to be with them. They didn't expect him to be sitting and eating with sinners and tax collectors. And the question for us is, where do we want Jesus or expect Jesus to be? With us here in church? Where do we want Jesus to be? Chatting to bishops and archdeacons and clergy? Where's Jesus going to be? With the homeless, the down and outs, the drug addicts, outside church with the broken and the lost. And Jesus tells these three simple parables so that they can understand, so that we can understand. And I've always been struck by the fact that he talks about this shepherd 
who leaves 99 sheep behind to save one. Now, there's a part of me that thinks, surely, now you're an accountant, Paul, surely 1% doesn't really matter. We'd write it off, wouldn't we, Paul? One little sheep, wouldn't really matter. You're going bright red, doesn't matter. They all know you're an accountant now. It doesn't matter, does it, really? It's one sheep. Why would you leave all the sheep for one? Why would you do that? Doesn't that seem irresponsible? Am I the only one here? Does that seem responsible? <sighs> Sorry, I've got a bit Pentecostal there for a moment. <clears throat> but, you know, the thing is, this is God's heart. And the thing is also, the sheep are warm and healthy. They're bleating away, eating the grass. They're probably safe. There's probably other junior shepherds looking after them. But Jesus says, he goes after the one. That's you. He goes after you. Do you get that? He's interested in you. He went after me at Easter 1990 to come back into faith. And I'm so glad he did. Where is our heart this morning? Is it for the broken, the lost? Do you know Jesus person yourself this morning? Or like me perhaps at that time, have you made a commitment of faith and yet it's not quite what it was? Maybe it's feeling a bit distant now. Maybe you think, well, I've done so many things, actually, I don't think I could come back to God. That is a lie and it's not true because God's grace is sufficient. The cross is sufficient for whatever we've done. And Alpha is an opportunity for some of us to come back to that first love, to come back to that faith. Or an opportunity maybe to tell others. Or an opportunity to hear God for the first time. We're going to watch, I think, Nicholas, if that's good now, could we watch the first clip? A little alpha clip for you. There we go. So my family, we went to church occasionally. But for me, it was more just a, like a concept. Like I, I knew that there was this thing called God, Jesus, died on the cross, but had no meaning to my life in any way. When I was two years old, my mum and dad got a divorce. And then when I was 14 years old, I lost a friend to suicide. So everybody started smoking weed that I went to school with, so I started smoking weed as well. And started drinking, and started finding affirmation in places that probably weren't the most life-giving. But then I went to university, and then that drug habit that I had when I was at school then became a daily occurrence for three years of my life at university. Whilst I was at uni, I was studying, and there was this guy who happened to be from the same place where I was from. Um, we didn't know each other, I'd never met him before. He was on the same course as me, we were in the same football team. I remember just saying to him, I was like, what's your deal, bro? I like, I don't get it. And he just simply said, I'm a Christian, and smiled at me. I was like, okay. And that's as far as that conversation went. My drug habits became quite, I'd say, took another step on because as I was earning more and the excess of my life was then was then growing outwardly looked like I was having a great time but inwardly was just a mess and so decided to move back to Southampton and when I did that a friend just invited me to come and play football got invited each week to come and was um, in this group where people were genuinely interested in my day-to-day life I then snapped my elbow on a drunken drug night out. It was like three o'clock in the morning, snapped my elbow, meant I couldn't play football anymore. And this friend who I met at university who then invited me to football, he had been continually trying to get me to come to a church thing and I'd just been continually saying, no, it's not going to happen. But then he um, said, 
mate, you've got nothing else to do with your evenings now. Why don't you come and try Alpha? So I was like, yeah, why not? The first week came and he said, bro, are you coming? And I was like, no. The second week came, it was the same question and the same response. And then the third week came and he was like, bro, I'm coming to pick you up and you're coming to Alpha. As the evening went on, week three, um, why did Jesus die for us? The topic of forgiveness and something I've wrestled with my whole life. Like, how do I forgive my family for growing up in a divorced family? How do I forgive my friend for killing herself? How do I forgive myself for all of the decisions and actions and the way that I've treated people for the last 10 years or so of my life? And it was just this, this like moment of going, wow, I really need to like think about this. And I just stood at the back of church. Uh, everybody was like, like worship with the hands in the air. And I was just like, I was like, if I, if I believe this and if I want this to be part of my life, I need to, I need to give this a try. So as I like lifted my hands up, I just remember a, a, song, a song we were singing that says, when our praise goes up, our walls come down. Um, and in that, in that moment, my walls came flooding down. Um, I cried uncontrollably. I like, but they weren't sad tears, they weren't happy tears. They were just kind of like a realization tears that God was with me in those high moments and I had denied him. God was with me in those really low moments in my life and I denied him and God was with me now and I was denying him. So at that moment I was like, I'm in, like that I give my life to you, Jesus. But overall, the thing that dropped straight away was the anger that I held in my life. Like friends and family would describe me as a bit of a grenade. And that's changed. Like, that isn't what I'm described as now. The difference that Jesus has made in my life is knowing that I'm loved. Like I know that I am loved. So the God of second chances. And for that young man, it, it was a time and a place. And again, we heard from Charlotte, we heard from Matt, and there are many others who've come to faith through Alpha or gone deep with their faith through Alpha. And that's the point I make or want to make is this isn't thinking, oh, this is for someone else. I want you to realize I want you to go on this course, on the Alpha course, because I think it's going to help all of us as a church, as a parish, uh, help us to think about to other people beyond ourselves. God loves freely, and, he, and some of you know that in your lives, and we want to share that with others. But it may be for you this morning that you're thinking, well, I'm, you know what, I'm, there's stuff I'm struggling with, and God can't really love you. And yet, as I said earlier, God does love you. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. God sent Jesus that we could be restored to the Father. And that's what Alpha's all about. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. And my question for us this morning is, you know, Jesus sat with those sinners and um, tax collectors, whatever they were, retrobates. Who were we sitting with? And if we're Christians here this morning... Is our uh, phone book and address book filled with other Christians? Or are there people we're praying for? Are there people we'd, we want to be saying, guys, I, I want 10 of these to be giving out. And I challenge you to at least take one away with you. And it may be that you're filling it out for yourself. That's great. Or for someone else. 
God's love is for everyone. He wants us to be in relationship with him. So what is the Alpha Course? Well, it's, it's a 10-week course exploring Christianity, who Jesus is, how can I have faith, how does God guide us, talks about healing, talks about the Bible, and talks about connecting with church. It was set up in the early, um, many years ago in the 80s, 90s, and there have been thousands of courses running over many years. It's estimated over 27 million people have done an Alpha course at some point in their lives. And many have come to faith or gone deeper in their faith. It's in 112 languages. It's across the world. I first did Alpha in 1993 when I was at St. Michael's Chester Square. And that was a great opportunity for me, having come back to faith, to go deeper in my faith. And I have to say, I've probably done it 20, 20, 30 times since, either leading or attending or praying for and being part of. And I think it's something that we can really do to help us in our Christian faith or help us have a Christian faith, if that makes sense. Starts here in Broadwater on Sunday, the 1st of October at 5.30 in the evening here at St. Mary's. It's going to be a light supper because, of course, it's Sunday evening. You'll have all had a big roast. I know Paul will be cooking away. But, you know, sitting at the front doesn't help, I'm afraid. Um, but, you know, it, you, you will all be, so be a nice light supper. There'll be a video a bit like the one we've just seen, a fairly short video, and then we'll break out into some groups uh, and pray. And I'd, I'd really love people to come and be part of it. And it may be that for you, you say, well, I don't want to, but you know, I can pray. That's good. We'd, we want people praying. We want people to help as well. Sign up online or take these away and sort of work out a way of doing it. it we, we want you to respond. This is for you. And that we've been running it here now for a number of years. As Matt said, we've run it twice uh, in, in the lockdown period. We've run various different shapes and forms. And it, it's going to be an exciting thing, I feel, for this parish in this season. And many of us, I think, have friends and family who do not know Jesus. Many of us here perhaps aren't quite sure. This is a chance, this is an opportunity, a season, and a time to do this. The band is going to come up in a minute, and um, they're going to come and uh, help us as we uh, finish in worship. But I just want you to think about now, if we can all stand together, and if, if you're happy doing so, take, take one of these and just hold it in your hands. And I want you to be thinking now um, for yourself who it is you want to invite. Now... Just last Sunday, um, I, I met um, a person outside church who, uh, I'm careful what I'm saying, but this is someone I've, I've known for about five years. This is someone who has been very affected by drugs and alcohol. And this is someone I've never spoken to in that five years. And I spoke to them, and I, I introduced myself to them, and I said, I'm praying for you. And I ripped one of these off, and I gave it to that person. Now, they burst into tears, because first of all, they, they thought, it's amazing that someone's praying for them. But I, it, it may be someone like that. And I'm pray- For me, if that person comes on this course and comes to know Jesus, it's been worth it. But I want you to be thinking about who you could ask, who you could pray for. Or come yourself. Please come yourself. Let me just pray. Father, I just thank you for each person here. I just thank you again for this course. And I just pray that you'd inspire us to be part of this. Father, who are we eating and sitting with? Who are in our contacts? 
Who are we sharing the good news with? And then for others, others of us who are not quite there, Lord, help us to know you in a deep way, to know that we are loved. Loved by God. Come, Holy Spirit, now. Amen.